Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 95. You have no personality and neither do serial killers. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. everyone. Welcome back to Changeable. So this episode, I've been wanting to talk about personality. I don't think I've done an episode on personality um, and how you don't have one, (laughs) how there isn't a such thing as personality. There is in our minds. So our personality is a category that our mind creates. It's not a real thing other than that. And we'll I'll get more into that in a little bit. Um, But I've been wanting to talk about that. But recently, um, people have been asking to hear about psychological innocence. And so I'm going to tie these two things together. Um, But the psychological innocence piece, so what I mean by that, that's a term that's often used in our little community um, to, to say basically that we only do the best that we can see to do from the thinking we're in. So all people without exception are full of innate mental health. It is our nature. We are pure. Our essence is full of love and connection. Ted Bundy's was, Hitler's was, everyone's is. There are no exceptions to that. And that moment to moment, we live in this sea of thought and experience brought to life within us. And When we're in that, it's our reality. We do the best we can see to do from the thinking that's there, which is not the best there is to do from someone else's thinking, obviously. It's not the best in any objective way because there's no such thing. It's just just like our, we can only see what we can see and we do what we do from there. So that whole thing... um, has always been super obvious to me. And so I kind of assumed that it was to everyone else and I'm constantly hearing that it's not. <laughs> so I'm finally kind of seeing, okay, I've been, I've been sort of biased in this because, you know, not everything has been obvious to me, but this is one thing that coming across this understanding, it was so like, oh, of course, there's no mean people. There are no evil people. It just, it just made absolute perfect sense right off the bat. In my book, Being Human, I wrote a piece on this, that mean is just the mask we wear when we're hurting or scared. Hurt people hurt people. You know, mean, evil people don't hurt people. There's no such thing as mean or evil people. There's just hurting people. And when we're hurting, when we're feeling insecure, what we see to do is usually not very kind. And what helps us feel better as crazy as this sounds, but often what helps us feel better in some weird way when we're really, really hurting is something that looks hurtful, that is hurtful to other people. So that piece of it, again, just looks so obvious to me, but I'm I'm hearing more and more that it isn't to everyone. So I do want to speak to it. And in the recent um, Little School Big Change course, the six-week course that just ended a few weeks ago, um, some people had some questions about it. And I don't know that I addressed them very satisfactorily <laughs> because they had more questions afterward and said, wait a minute, you can't just say everybody's full of mental health. Like, what about Hitler? And 
Um, anyway, so here's how that looks in a nutshell, and like here's how that looks to me. And hopefully this is simple. And listen, first I want to say, don't pressure yourself to see this. Like it's okay if you don't see this. It's okay if you can't quite feel into the fact that Hitler was full of innate mental health. Like that's that's going to be a stretch for a lot of people. So don't worry about it. Just hear what you hear in this and leave the rest. But again, kind of what we know about our essence. Before we have this mind that comes online, this brain that comes online through which energy of life is filtered and pushed off in different directions. So again, imagine like a prism all kinds of light is flowing into that prism. And then the prism is bouncing that light off in all kinds of different directions, creating all sorts of temporary form. So it's a temporary blue streak of light or red streak of light or whatever it might be. But it's all light. It's all one energy. There's nothing wrong with the light that's pouring through the prism. Even if once it hits that prism, what gets created or bounced out is a horrible picture or a color that you hate. That's just what's being filtered and temporarily created from light. And that's how I see us. Like we are the energy that there's one thing there's not, and it's not even a thing. There's just energy and it's all loving and it's all life-giving and it's all wonderful. And it takes tons and tons and tons of temporary form. And the form that it takes is as us as seemingly separate individuals, as every thought and feeling we have, every behavior we do, that's all just part of the very temporary form of this beautiful, pure, love-filled energy. And that's our nature. That is our nature. So to say it in a slightly different way, um, we're all born completely expansive and in that essence. And then we develop a psychology. And as we develop a psychology, now that psychology is not as fixed, I would say, not anywhere near as fixed or stable as it may appear. But our mind, you know, that energy gets filtered in certain ways through each of us. And some of those tend to be kind of habitual. And that's what we call our character or our psychology. So any meanness, any um, anything we do that's hurtful to another person. And again, I don't, it does, it's the same if it's Hitler or if it's you getting mad and calling someone name. Now it's not the same in consequence, obviously but it's the same process. We're not looking at the consequence or the outcome. We're looking at how it works in the process. It's the exact same thing either way. And all of that is is us being full of health in our essence and then psychology coming up. You know, that essence, that energy gets filtered through our brains and now we do some, We feel this way and so we do something in response to that or we feel that way and we do something in response to that. So people aren't evil, I would argue. People aren't mean. We have psychology. And when our mind is busy and we're feeling threatened and we're feeling insecure and we're feeling unsafe, and that is what's always, always at the root of any 
mean action. We're feeling hurt in our own way. It's like our our field of possibility, the options we see available to us in terms of how to be and and how thought shows up through us and behavior options that show up through us. When we're feeling hurt and insecure, that gets really narrow and it kind of slides toward the end of the scale that's not so kind. And we just do the best we can see to do from that in order to get back home. Now, I know it sounds crazy to say that punching someone in the face brings us closer to home. That would that would almost sound like argument for oh you're an e- if you are an evil person if punching someone in a face in the face leads you to feel good there's something wrong with you but no <laughs> when we when we are feeling so hurt and insecure and scared like who's to say that that means we're evil we're we're putting all kinds of judgment and evaluation on that we do what makes sense in the moment. And yes, even hurting another person when we're feeling so hurt can feel like it's moving us closer to home. And, you know, again, we can look at this in the extreme cases and I think we should because that's where people get caught up in it. But let's look at it in an everyday case. Every single one of us has hurt someone in order to feel better. It doesn't mean we're monsters. It doesn't mean we're horrible people. We have all hurt someone as a way of feeling better, whether it's it's as simple and as you know the form of a little backhanded compliment or bringing up something that helps us feel superior and kind of degrades another person, whether it's calling someone a name or whether it's blaming our feelings on someone else saying, you shouldn't have done that. You made me feel this way. Like, we sometimes intentionally do things to to dig at people, to hurt other people, and it helps us feel better. And that does not make us bad people. It doesn't make us evil people. It makes us hurting people. And it's just where our psychology goes in those moments. And it does. (laughs) It's no different than, than taking drugs or going into some kind of destructive habit. We know better. It's a horrible method. But it does, in some ways, bring us a little bit closer to home or else we wouldn't do it. And so given that we've all done that, probably this week in one form or another, again, I'm not saying major things, but I think about my kids, like, you big dummy, like to them, they get so, not so much anymore, they're kind of they're kind of growing out of that and they can be a little meaner now. <laughs> but, you know, when they're, when they're little, it's like they get so angry and they just like wanted to explode. Like, you're just a big dummy. Like that's the worst they can think of when they're little. That's what we're talking about. And for someone else on that exact same scale, not a different scale, not a different scenario, exact same scale, but just at the other end of it, they'll punch someone in the face or they'll shoot someone or they'll plan something horrible to hurt a lot of people. They're doing it in that same way that my kids were shaking and vibrating and finally you big dummy comes pouring out of their mouth. That's no different than someone who walks into a building and shoots someone. It's just different in content. It's different in consequence. It's different in degree. But we're talking about the exact same thing. 
And as always, everything I say here is just how I see it. So you don't, please don't put pressure on yourself again to see it that way. You're welcome to disagree all you want, but it just makes so much sense to me that that's the way we work. Because again, like we see people, okay, so let's look at that far extreme. Um, we see people who do some of the most evil appearing things, evil actions that we've ever seen. They aren't that person all the time. You can go into any prison anywhere in the world and find people who have committed horrible acts who are kind people, who are helping fellow prisoners, who have who their minds have settled down and they've seen what they've done and they feel immense remorse and and they've seen through their old thinking and they've come full circle and they're making amends. Like, this is a real thing. Now, how could it be if that's an evil person because they murdered someone, how can it be that they can go so far to the other extreme? That has to tell us at the very least that what we call character and personality aren't good for much. They aren't. They sure as heck aren't stable. They really don't tell us much. If someone can can do a complete 180, and we do, we do, then what good is it? What good are these labels and these categories? So this man, Bill Cumming, I'm going to post um, his TED, a link to his TED Talk. I heard him speak years ago, 10 years ago maybe, about this. His daughter, his young daughter at the time was raped. And Bill's like a really good guy, right? Just the kind of guy you'd want to be your dad, just a super nice, normal, good guy. His daughter's raped. She comes in the house after being attacked, pleading. He, in an instant, looks to go murder the person that did this to his daughter. How how normal does that sound? <laughs> how normal does that sound, honestly? Like we can almost hear that and say, I'm sure some of you are thinking, well, of course he does. See, see, like, because any of this is possible for any of us. Any thoughts, any feelings, any actions. One second, Bill was just a nice, sweet guy, wouldn't hurt a fly. A few seconds later, he's capable of murder. He's wanting to murder. He's that, he has that much anger in him that he's wanting to murder. It would feel good to murder the person that did this to his daughter. Do we think Bill's a horrible person all of a sudden? No, we give him a pass. But the, but, you know, the person who was abused and had a horrible childhood and and grew up into gang violence and drugs and ends up murdering someone else, well, that's a different story, you know, because we don't see, we don't see it in this way. We can't relate to that person in the way that we can relate to Bill. We don't see it the same, but it's exactly the same. And thankfully for all of us, all the people who's who Bill has touched over the years, he saw that. He saw holy crap, <laughs> like here's who I thought I was. And I'm in an instant, I could be a murderer. And it wasn't lost on him that he was feeling the same things in his own way, the same things that led that person to rape his daughter. 
that person that raped his daughter was full of whatever that person was full of, but it sure as heck was not them being their true selves, not even a little bit. They were full of anger and hurt and rage and insecurity and whatever it was because everyone who does something like that is. We do not hurt people from a calm, peaceful place. So Bill saw that, wow, he and I are no different. That's huge. He and I are no different. And he's since gone into prisons and worked with people who have committed these kinds of crimes, the kind of crime that his daughter suffered from. And he has so many stories, as everyone I know who goes into prisons and works with people have, of the most loving, kind, gentle people who got really caught up in something and did some really horrible, stupid things that they can't take back. But that that is not who they are. That is not their character. So I love, um, I love opening up this character personality thing. I looked up the word character, and apparently it, it's an ancient Greek term um, that comes from the process that they had of stamping something on their coins. So like whatever that was, right? Like they stamped something on their coins to show how much the coin was worth or whatever. And that was that was the character. That's where that word comes from, which is interesting because if you stamp something into metal, um, it's kind of permanent. <laughs> and And I love how our language, it's just fascinating to see how our language carries through time and then creates how we see things, accurate or not, and many times not. But because we use this word character to describe people, we have a character, we have a personality. We see evidence of that all over the place. We see character as stable. We've been conditioned to see it that way, to look for it that way. We see personality as stable, which is crazy, crazy to me. What I see is that personality and character, like everything that comes through our brains, can be pretty habitual because we have a habitual machine in our heads called a brain. So it will filter that loving energy that is who we are in consistent, repetitive, habitual kind of ways. But that's not the only option. Like it'll also throw in a wild card. <laughs> like it'll give us a curveball all the time. It'll give you Bill as this nice, calm guy, like perfect, you know, dad, perfect coworker, nice citizen who a second later wants to go commit murder and would feel amazing about committed th- committing that murder. That's a wild, that's a curveball. <laughs> so he doesn't have a personality. Like we don't have a character that is stable, that is anything other than habitual thought that our mind then turns into stone. Our mind then says, oh, yep, I've made a decision. This is the conclusion. This is who you are. That's the kind of person you are, all based on what you've done and thought in the past, and not really based on what you've done and thought in the past, but based on an extremely subjective, tiny little sample of things you've done or said in the past. And there's your stamp. Here's who you are. And it's kind of crazy. <laughs> and again, given that this is how or how our language has evolved and what we're used to looking for and how we're used to talking about people, we see evidence for it everywhere because you can. You can see evidence for it everywhere, but that doesn't mean that's the 
the full story. You know, if you start to look on the other side, we see evidence for anything we expect to see evidence for. But when you start to look on the other side, like what if we don't have a character that is fixed and stable in any way? What if personality is incredibly fluid, incredibly fluid? Now, when we're perceiving another person, our perceptions are what we expect them to be. You know, like we we see what we want to see, but that doesn't mean that's what they're displaying. So when we start to look at them and each of us and look for the fluidity, see how, how, wow, we can be capable of anything. I have done things purposely to hurt someone in order for me to feel better. And I've done some really nice, kind, loving things in my life. Like, where's my personality in that? What is it? You can't really find one. So I heard this analogy that I love for personality and character being like colors. So we see colors out in the world. If you're not colorblind, you see color out in the world. And color to us looks discrete. It looks like clearly that this is blue, this is green, this is red. Like it looks like it belongs in these little buckets and categories. But when you really look at what's going on beyond color, there's absolutely no borders, no fixed, like here's this color, there's that color. It's totally subjective where one starts and the other one ends. You know, it's a continuum of, I don't know the science, but it's a continuum of how our eyes are perceiving these different um, frequencies of energy. Now, where the colors come in, where the discrete categories come in is just in our mind because our mind puts everything on discrete categories, including people. You're evil, you're good. You're red, you're blue. No, (laughs) you're fluctuation of energy. You're different frequencies of energy. Your thoughts are, your feelings are, your body is, and colors are, and everything else in the world is. Our mind doesn't like all that variation, doesn't like continuums. It wants to know what's what. So it slaps a label on there. So I thought that was so, such a cool way to think about um, character and personality and how we think about ourselves too. And I talk about this all the time with regard to habits because we can say, I have a habit and it's really bad and I've had it for a long time. But that requires our mind going back into the future, back into the past, thinking about the future, tying it all into us and then spitting out some kind of judgment about it. And the absence of all that, we're just fluid human beings doing stuff thinking and feeling and with with thought feeling and behavior flowing through us we're not we're not any of that i love the expression out of character too when when we say oh that was really out of character for him it just highlights how much we rely on there being a character of a person i mean our whole identity is a character <laughs> really we're all we're all playing out these character roles in our lives and and there's nothing fixed about them, but it's really cool to see in our language too. That was so out of character, so outside of what I think that person's character is, which is necessarily a tiny little sliver of their thoughts, feelings, and behaviors that I'm picking up on. So my character, like like my husband's character, let's say, is a figment of my imagination. My mind creates his character. 
It doesn't exist within him. It exists within me. So I hope this conversation has been helpful. I mean, to, to go back to the psychological innocence piece, which I know so many people struggle with and, and would love to see more about, um, just consider that, and you, you can have whatever opinion you have about this, but consider that peaceful, secure feeling people who are really close to their essence, who aren't caught up in fearful thought, aren't feeling hurt, aren't feeling threatened, who are just in the moment, in life, they don't do horrible things. They don't. I would love to, if you have an example of someone feeling amazing and in their essence doing something horrible, let me know because I've looked and I can't find any anywhere in history and popular culture and people we know, none of it. I don't think it happens. Which means that when we do do horrible things, and every single one of us does, not just evil people or bad people, every one of us is capable of any feeling and any behavior. When we do, it just shows that we're hurting. And when we're hurting, it makes sense to like our, our, our options our range of possible options and thoughts and feelings is skewed and it's narrow. And we do the best we can see to do from that skewed and narrow little range, but that's not at all who we are because our psychology is always changing. The minute those clouds pass, the minute our mind settles back down, we're back to us. And we as human beings, every single one of us, even Hitler, are not born evil. We do not have an evil essence. It's not not even possible. Thank you so much for listening to Changeful. If you enjoy this podcast, please let me know by subscribing or maybe even considering leaving a review. iTunes reviews are so valuable in helping other people who need change to find their way here. I'll talk to you next week.